dropping that knowledge on you. I could not make this shit up. With Kev Nash. Oh, Hercules, Hercules. And DJ Killer Kev. Uh-oh. Let me tell you, boys, you can't make that shit up. The inside. Real deal, straight up. Are you crazy? Hottest <laughs> stories from the world of hip-hop. This is ludicrous. It's the big boss, Rick Rouse. What up? It's your boy, Young Jeezy. This is 50 Cent. Sports. Some of those dogs are the most incredible dogs I've ever seen. And what's popping in the DYT. I couldn't make this shit up. I couldn't make this shit up if I tried. I'm sad that I lack the talent to make this shit up. Here's Kev Nash and DJ Killer Kev. Episode 42. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 42 of these things, man. You can't make this up podcast. Kev Nash and DJ Killer Kev. What up? What up? Yeah, we got a, we got a special guest this week. We're going to jump right into it, man. This this is a good friend of mine. Uh, the, the one person that I don't argue about football with. <laughs> and this is that guy. <laughs> He's uh, definitely been around and uh, knows what he's talking about. So we're going to introduce my good friend, Mr. Brandon McKinney. Yeah. What's up, good brother? What's up, man? What's up? Appreciate What's up? What's you. What's good? Appreciate you getting on the pod, man. We, uh, you know, it's Super Bowl week coming up. So we wanted to get the expertise of a professional football retiree and see what, uh-huh. you, see what you thought about this here uh, Super Bowl, man. Man, I um, I like the matchup, man. Uh, I wish uh, I wish we could have another team, but uh, instead of uh, the Patriots. But you know, it is what it is. Hey, when you got them or the like Steelers, the you got to pick man. one, right? Yeah, I, I got to go with the Patriots. <laughs> That's dope, man. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I like the match. I like the matchup, man. I think the Falcons are gonna take it this year. Yeah, I agree, man. I think their offense is really uh really powerful this year, man. They really. Matt Ryan got over that got over that hump. So, man, I do got a question, man. I know, I know, uh, you're a former Raven, so automatically you hate my Steelers. But okay, so as a Steelers fan, I'm looking at the game versus the Patriots, man. And what happens every time Steelers play the Patriots? Tom Brady carves them up. I mean, Tom Brady carves up everybody except for the Ravens because they play press man coverage, and a lot of the things right. that the Steelers do is zone and his own blitz, and this has been 10 years in the making that Tom Brady kills zones. So why would Coach Tomlin or Keith Butler not switch out of the zone coverage? Um, Sometimes, man, uh, as a coach, man, you go with what you know. You know what I'm saying? So if that's what you're good at, you, know, you got to figure it out and figure out how to try to beat that quarterback. Yeah, I understand I probably should uh, switch the man press, but, I mean, you know, it's just some coaches are like that, man. Does it have to do with personnel as well? Like maybe these guys just can't do press man coverage and they're just like zone type of guys? It has a lot to do with personnel. I mean, I don't know still as personnel, personnel like I have in the past, but it does have a lot to do with it. I don't know who they have in the um, in the BBs and Saints or whatnot, so I, I couldn't really uh, go too far into it. But like I said, man, when a coach, you know, when you do something well, you do things well a certain way, man. You want to keep it that way sometimes. Some coaches are stubborn like that. Yeah, 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 unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going right. to take this time to ask you kind of a personal question. You know, me and me and Brandon, we've known each other for majority of our lives growing up together. Um, but my question I have for you, man, I want to know what it was like for you. I remember my senior year, we had uh, Will Allen and Bobby Long make a, make a move to a different school. And I want to know what uh-huh. that what that was like for you going into your senior year, 
making a move from Trywood to go to CJ. Like, how did that change your life, really? Okay, um, so I, I left my junior year. Okay. I left my junior year to go to Trywood to Chaminade, man. And um, it was an opportunity at that point, man. You know how the program was at Trywood, man. Yeah. It just, just wasn't where it should have been, you know, with all the talent we had. Coming in and out of trial, what man it was just it was bad business there. So, um, going to Chaminade, man, it kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things. You know, it was uh, it was very diverse when I got to Chaminade, or I would say predominantly white. You know, so that kind of opened my eyes to a few things, and um, and uh, just just a different brand of football when I got there, man. Things are more organized, more uh, scheduled properly, and whatnot. So, it was a uh, it was a good experience, man, and it did give me a different outlook on different things. So when I got to college, when I was ready to practice, I was ready to uh, work out. I knew what it was. And as far as the academic piece, Shamala uh, did does prepare you for college. I don't care what nobody says. People say you prepare yourself, but Shamala <clears throat> was like a mini college when I got there. So it, it helped me out a lot. Dope, dope. So what was that like to make that decision to become that Spartan dog, man? Yeah, man. How was, how was, that, uh, well, how was that for you know a, a young man to make a, a decision like that, what was that like for you? Well, you know, I committed to Ohio State my junior year. And so, um, you know, Cooper got fired after that uh, Outback Bowl. Yeah. Uh, when, uh, Ryan, when Ryan Brewer ran all up in him that year. Yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah. I remember that so, like it was uh, yesterday. <laughs> absolutely, man. I said that watch that game, so I can't believe this, man. They, mm. But, yeah, man, so after that, man, Cooper got fired. Uh, <clears throat> Trust got the job. And uh, Trust man, might have called me once, man, you know. And uh, I don't think he wanted anything to do with it. Mm. Uh, we had a couple other guys. We had a couple other guys who, you know, were committed to Ohio State, you know, didn't have the grades right then or whatnot. So, uh, you know, Trust never called. Uh, Michigan State was still holding on. Indiana, Iowa, Maryland. I mean, you know, some of those schools I'm still – in the late running, trying to get me. So I, the best score at that point for me was Michigan State. Yeah. Talk about that rivalry between Michigan State and Ohio State because, I mean, that's just bona fide now. I mean, you know, everything that happened before and then everything that D'Antonio's doing up there now at Sparty, it's like, you know, it's something that Ohio State fans get nervous for. Me being a Buckeye, I get nervous no matter what. I mean, this year uh, Sparty okay. wasn't so great, but, you know, going up there to East Lansing, you know, as a Buckeye, you already know what can happen because they've done it multiple times. So you really get get prepared for that, get focused. Oh yeah, you got you got about last year was about twenty eight players from Ohio on Michigan State's team. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> so you know you already got that chip on your shoulder, and then um, you got uh, you know you got uh, Antonio has a heck of a program up there, at Michigan State. And we're gonna play teams tough. It's not like we got blown out, right? You know, we were three, three and uh, three and what? Late three and eight, three and nine. But we didn't really get blown out by a lot of teams. But we were in a lot of games, just in the high finish. But yeah, that that Michigan State Ohio State rivalry uh, is starting is starting to brew up a little bit, man. Which was I think there's some type of mutual respect between the two teams, you know. Mm-hmm. B being nice, man, because it's early. I was over at his house two years ago watching that game with him, and, and, and when and when his boys pull it out, he pulled out this like boombox sound system, playing Michigan State fight song through the house. B trying to be nice because it's early. 
<laughs> hey, let's talk about uh, your uh, foundation, man. You got the uh, BJ Kids. Talk about what inspires you to get that rolling. Oh, man, you know, I always, uh, always said to myself, if I had the opportunity to get back, you know, I would. And uh, football has given me that platform to get back to my community. You know, I've always wanted to do seven on seven tournaments, um, camps for the kids or whatnot. So that's that's what uh, that's what I do, man. I love it, man. Uh, it's just a good time. Uh, we have about three, <clears throat> three major events a year. A football camp, a uh, back-to-school program. We get free haircuts. Free hairstyle to the boys and girls, give uh, give away backpacks and those things. And then we have a five-letter initiative program that we, uh, we're we working on right now to get off the ground. So, yeah, the foundation's called BJ Kids 9-1 Foundation. And, uh, BJ comes from my middle name, Brandon Jermaine. 9-1 is my football number. Dope, dope. Very dope, man. Talk about that transition from, you know what I'm saying, you were an undrafted free agent and you made it in the NFL. Uh-huh. So you look at... So many guys leaving school early, especially, you know, me being a Buckeye fan, I leave. I see all these dudes leaving. I'm thinking, <laughs> man, really could use y'all right. back here. But, you know, I understand right. cats got to get that money. So, you know, these guys are projected to be first and second and third round picks and make an impact on the NFL. You being an undrafted free agent and making your, your mark in the NFL. Talk about that experience from, you know, not being drafted to making a decision to go to the Chargers and everything like that. How does that process work? Yeah, so uh, on draft day, man, the Chargers actually called me and said, uh, we want to draft you, but, um, you know, we can't make no guarantees. But if we don't draft you, we want you to come out here. Okay. So, you know, that was an easy pick. You know what I mean? <clears throat> when I did San Diego, man, I had to do everything right, man. You know, on draft, everybody kind of looking at you as, you know, you're going to be a camp body. Camp body is, you know, we'll bring you in for camp and we'll cut you eventually. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to make it. And, you know, when I got out there, man, I just started balling. And, mm. uh, you know, by the, by the end of training camp, man, they were looking at me like, why, why, why did you not get drafted? And, you know, it was somebody I missed me. <laughs> <laughs> somebody missed me. But it was, I mean, you know, I mean, nine years later, it worked out just fine. You know what I mean? Right. How do you feel about them making that move? The Chargers. Oh, man, I hurt my heart, man. I hurt my heart. Man. Yeah, because you was out there for, what, five man. years? How long were you out there? I was up there for I was up there for two and a half years, man. Man, that's that's gonna hurt, man. Cause you know that's all they love. Sandy, they love the Chargers down in San Diego. Man. Yeah, and that's and that's all they got down there. There's no other team yeah. like that, man. So, yeah, I was surprised man, I hope to hear don't that. Hurt the like that. Yeah. So, like, who were some of the your favorite teammates you played with during your career? Oh man, I played with some good dudes, man. I played with uh um a guy named Jackson Vier, a real good dude, uh, Jamal Wells, you know, he potential Hall of Famer. Um mm-hmm. I played with a, a good guy named Corey Redding, man. These are guys who became my friends, man, throughout the whole process. A guy named Lamar, um guy named Lamar Phillips. I mean, this guys have just been my friends, man, since we started since I met him, you know. Been a lot of been a lot of good dudes, man. I played with a lot of stars too. I yeah, a lot of good players too. Yeah. So as as being as being one of the guys on the team, and then you have like a superstar on the team. How does the superstar interact with you know, what I'm saying the quote unquote role players of the team, like especially in the NFL? Because you in the NBA, it seems different. It seems like the the superstars are put on this pedestal that you know, what I'm saying you can't roast them. You know, what I'm saying stuff like that. You can't. 
be a be an everyday guy. But in the NFL, just from the outside looking in, it, especially on winning teams, it seems like that everybody's equal except for the quarterbacks, obviously, because because they're always put on the pedestal. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> No, I mean my experience has been, been good, you know. Um, yeah. Nobody's uh, nobody's exempt from getting talked about, you know. what I mean, and make jokes and stuff on the video board, man. You know, so from my experience, man, I, I I have never I haven't seen anything like that, you know. So you know, it's been it's been good. My experience has been good. I've been on all winning teams, went to the playoffs all all nine years. So Woo. You know, I, I do have I'm one. man. I do have one other question about your NFL career, man. Did is fantasy football in the locker room? Mm. Like it's because I because I love fantasy football, <laughs> but I've always wondered that. I might have seen one or two people do it. Okay, um, but no, I don't think it's huge unless they keep it low key. Well, I got a I got a funny story. My second year in um, San Diego, we played uh, Minnesota. My dad was on fantasy football pretty tough. <laughs> he called me like, you know, should I pick out defense this week? I'm like, oh, yeah, we about to ball. Adrian Peterson here. He's not, he not feeling just nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Man, when I tell you, Adrian Peterson ran for that rookie record that day. <laughs> so my dad called him custody out. Oh. Yeah, that's like, that's hilarious. You're right. You you never know. You just never know. Yeah. So uh, so we held him. We held him like forty or fifty yards in the first half. Man. Second half, we just went crazy. <laughs> yeah, AP man. When I was in the military, I, I got a chance to go see him out in Oklahoma, man. So I, I definitely know what you talk about. That that that's a special human being right there. Right. Hey, talk about real quick before we let you go, man. Talk about what life has been like for you after the NFL. You you know, you reached a point in your career where some some decisions had to be made and, and, and just talk about what you're doing now and, and uh how life has been after the NFL. My life has been okay, man. Uh trying to make that adjustment and um, uh, you know, trying to figure out what you want to do. I mean, I'm for yeah, I just I didn't do anything. You know, got it worked out, came back home and chilled, you know. Yeah. That got old real quick. <laughs> yeah. So I can only I can only imagine what a what an older person who's sixty five seventy you know when they retire I can only imagine you know what goes to their mind but yeah man it's been uh it's been uh it's been okay um I just recently moved down to Tampa Florida man so I'm getting into the personal training and the combine training exactly nice. making that transition to the NFL yeah that's dope and uh that's that's been a blessing there man and uh you know just uh just trying to figure it out man just trying different stuff man I've been playing football since I was seven years old yeah you know so that's been my life right so yeah but it's been good though man just figuring it out and moving forward very dope what would you say to kids that are going to college now that may be going may or may not be born to play football forever. Like you said, like kids play football starting at the age of seven, and then, you know, at 17, 18, they're playing their last high school football game, and then maybe they don't know what to do with themselves. Like, what would you tell kids today? Or what do you tell kids today? I would tell kids, you know, if you're an athlete, don't bank on, don't bank on the sport to get you where you want to be. You know, use it as an avenue do what you want to do in life because if you bank on it man they'll be messed up yeah. you know what i mean if i was to bank on football and football alone man, i'd be i'd be done i'd mm-hmm. be done right now man because 
it's going to end. This, this thing doesn't last forever, man. It's one of the most brutal sports ever, man. Right, and you, and you did nine end. years in the league, right? Right. And the average career is, what, like three years or something like that? Two to three years, average career. Man. <laughs> man. Yeah, so... And you were yeah, blessed to go crazy, from so, go from the Chargers to Baltimore to the Colts, so you got to you know move right, around. Absolutely. Yeah, man, that's definitely a blessing, absolutely. man. How can people uh, get you know if we got some moms with some badass kids <laughs> that need to exert some energy? How how can they get involved with the foundation and uh, contact you if they need to? So uh, they can contact nine three seven five one zero two seven four one. <clears throat> Any information they want to know about the foundation, just call that number and uh, we'll get you squared away. Our camp, <clears throat> our camp is going to be June 24th this year on a Saturday, and we're looking to have a um, either celebrity basketball game or celebrity flag football game this year. Ooh, so, yeah, dope. yeah, Mike, that's going to be dope, man. I'm trying to figure it out now. Dope, 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 man. One more time on your Super Bowl prediction, man. Can we get a score with that? Because, uh, you know what I'm saying, especially when people do predictions, they like to get roasted if they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Falcons. 37, 36. Ooh. Matt, since, I, yeah. since I'm a hater of the Patriots, I'm a, I hope you're right. <laughs> yeah, I hope Brady drops the ball at the one-yard line. That would be good. Right, right, right. <laughs> Man, we we appreciate you getting up early uh, Sunday morning, man, and spending some time with the podcast, brother. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Man, big Brandon McKinney jumped on the pod. That was very dope. Very, man. That's the big homie, man. Me and uh, me and B Mac, we grew up together, man. So I appreciate him uh, taking some time out of his day to share his story with the people, man. He's a he's a good guy, man. Good for guy. sure. What's your Super Bowl prediction? Since we get predictions on here right now, man. So uh, so last. Week I was like I want the Falcons to win, but <laughs> Rogers is you know. So now I'm like, okay, the Falcons obviously got something going. Mm-hmm. Now the Patriots have been the Patriots, man. A good a good uh, friend of mine from the military, man. He lives out in Colorado. Die hard Patriots fan, like die hard. So every year I would razz him up when it got time when the Bengals was being in a wild card. <laughs> like we gonna get y'all this year, and he always get the last laugh. So. All right. I'm going Falcons, 42. They putting up 42 of them things. Okay. And I got Patriots with 34. Okay, this is where I come out with the Patriots, man. Every time, everybody and their mama always picks the opposite team because, hey, we all hate Brady. We all hate Belichick. We all hate the Patriots because they always winning. The hating us allows us to really think the other team has a chance. True. With that said... <laughs> Go Falcons! <laughs> Dirty bird. Dirty bird, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Look, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to break it down for y'all. This is what's going to happen, man. The same way I called it for the national championship game, it's going to be the same way here, man. I'm going with the team with more weapons, dog. Yeah. Weapons, 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 dude. And they showcased that first quarter. Even second, even first half against Green Bay, man. They They ran so many... Different looks, man. They had Sanu and the Wildcat. They had, I mean, they look. Way to go, Bengals. The, the one thing that they. <laughs> Let him walk. Right. <laughs> man, don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started. The one thing that, that I've always thought of with, with the Falcons, though, is I feel like their offense would do well with the dope tight end. I mean, look at Gonzalez's mm-hmm. career, you know. But since then, they've kind of transitioned into the double running backs and Julio 
every third week shows up to be the greatest receiver in the game. You know, man, like, man, man. He he's 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 a special individual. So I really think that the, their weapons. Patriots D has been all right. Oh but, yes, Patriots D is a one. Yeah. I just feel like you got you got three receivers, yep. two running backs. You got a damn good quarterback. Yeah, you going up against Tom Brady. Maybe the greatest quarterback of all time. You're going up against Belichick, maybe the greatest coach of all time. You're giving Belichick two weeks to get ready. But I truly believe that obviously you have to double Julio Jones. You saw what happened in the Green Bay when uh-huh. they didn't double. Right. But out the backfield, you got two running backs who can catch out the backfield and run out the backfield with Freeman and Coleman. And not like you said, Sanu, one on one with Sanu, he gonna make plays happen, man. Yeah, and you got receiver. old boy out the slot. Mm-hmm. So I'm going with a team of war- more weapons. I'm gonna say 20, 28, 24 Falcons. Mm. Close one, huh? Crossing my fingers, at least. Very trying to get that one for the thumb. One for the thumb. One for the thumb. Mm. I hope not. I'm a hater, yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm, it's just it's kind of like how I feel about the Spurs. The Spurs have always felt like it was like that that YMCA team that you showed up to when you was like 19. Like, we got next. And they were still giving you buckets, and they was all like 35 with knee braces. And <laughs> you felt like they was older, but they just knew how to hoop. Yeah. And they could just beat you with their knowledge of the game versus their skill level. Like, one-on-one, you feel like, I could take this old man, but when he when he picking and rolling and, and you know all that going on and you lose 10 to 6 – See, now you want to make me change my pick. <laughs> That's how I've always looked at the, at, the, at the Patriots, man. they just like that old team that just we can't get rid of yet. Like, they still got their foot on our neck, and they still trying to be the best, man. So. Man, we shall see, man. We a week away from the big game, man. Yeah, man. Big news in the world this week, man. Man. Unfortunate news, man. The founder and CEO, Q of World Star Hip Hop, passed away, man. Died in his sleep. Man. Died in his sleep, brother. That is sad news, man. Man, listen. Has a has a bigger individual that's trying to get his life in order, man. Me and the wife was looking at like you know how they have like the this happened two years ago on Facebook. Yeah, I found a couple of those that I've shared this week, and she's like, "You look smaller in the face," and I'm like, "Do I, you know you when you're just working on it every day?" I've stopped. I weigh myself maybe once every three to four weeks, mm-hmm. like, but I, I used to really weigh myself like every four to five days, you know, and. I was doing okay with that, but then over time, man, yeah. you just kind of get to where it's like you ain't hit that particular goal you had in mind. Well, now I'm more so like, man, just get up. I'm trying to try and shake this one pop a day. I'm having at work. That's my latest thing that I just having a hard time with. But get up and just do something. You know, I get up in the mornings. I stretch. You know, I might do some push-ups or sit on the wall and do like the invisible chair. You know, mm-hmm. just just do something to get the blood flowing in the morning. I'm an early bird anyway, so just trying oh, to I am not. trying to commit to that man has been has been a challenge, you know. Mm-hmm. And and now now we're trying to commit to better eating, you know, seven days, not 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 that one piece a day a week, not that one. We're trying to really commit to a, a household of healthy your food options, right? So with all that said, man, to lose somebody like just dying in their sleep, man, it, it makes you sit back and go, yo, at forty, yeah, it makes you sit back and just recap like. Are you are you are you giving it your all? Are you pushing yourself like you want to need to push yourself? And it's like, 
nah, I need to go a little harder. So Absolutely, man. That was definitely a big loss, and I and I was fortunate enough. I got to you know shake Hugh's hand um, oh. throughout throughout the years going out to L.A. They for the sponsor some of Tony's parties, and earlier on, man, he came out and uh, he's cool with them, cool with Tony's whole staff, man, and uh, got to you know nice to meet your brother, you know, one of those, but definitely, man, that was a. Q was a pioneer, man. Changed, Absolutely, changed man. the game. Changed the game, man. You think about, I mean, if a fight breaks out somewhere, mm-hmm. <laughs> first thing you think of, world star. Exactly. It's and a verb I'm, now. Yeah, man. It's, it's <laughs> Obviously, the website isn't what it was maybe like five, ten years ago. Just because, you know, th- things adapt in other uh, platforms, take what you've done yeah. and try to make it their own. Because TMZ didn't do this type of stuff that they're doing now before world star they were more you know saying straightforward not straightforward news but straight more gossipy type yeah. of news now they they're posting stuff just yeah. like world star right. does and to look at world star hip-hop you know from going from like the dvd right. stage the to movie. the website stage where is uh people fighting to music videos to the girls twerking videos you know it's a it's a mega force on the web you yeah. know what i'm saying and you got you look at like complex magazine there is no more complex magazine mm-hmm. it's only complex.com yeah so to think about a platform from a dude from queens new york who was a young dude just out here making dvds to come up with an idea to house thousands and thousands of videos of of everyday behavior believe it or not these ratchet things happen all across the globe any city USA and put it out there for the world to see and it makes you look at yourself and be like damn I'm watching this and I'm watching this for hours on end oh did you see this latest clip to see how Instagram is kind of almost taking its place where you know you share a video there it's it's crazy to think about uh, a kid from Queens New York coming up with this idea like man just send me your crazy clip I'll put it out there on the web throw you a couple dollars and right. I got sponsors from all over the place. You got dudes paying to have their videos housed on their website. So, you know, it was a it's a great idea. Uh, sad to see him gone, man, because, you know what I'm saying, believe it or not, he is a hip-hop pioneer. Oh, yeah. And knowing some of his backstory, man, unfortunately, when times like this happen, you know, you take a little time to do a little more reading and, and learning about an individual when, when, they, when, when they can't get the flowers to smell them, you know. Yeah. But... I, I um knowing man that you know he really even the, even earlier on in the mixtape world game you know he had like one of the first mixtape websites mm-hmm. that's kind of how World Star started and he started catching the the wave of all these other sites and he was trying to figure out what's the next move how can I stay with this internet because this is it and, yeah and like you said being a, a young cat from Queens man like he had no investors he had no back like it was him and his in his and his thoughts and. The documentary little little mini clip I saw talking about this was was like you know that that might have been a more beneficial thing for him because now when he when he's selling his product you know this is his yeah you know it's nothing it ain't ten percent here thirty percent it's his so he he really wanted to stay ahead of the wave man so like you said like having a place having like a ground zero to where you can come and just dump all that ratchetness. <laughs> And 
for me, man, like my morning routine yeah. involves World Star. Yeah. I mean, before I get up and get my day rolling, <laughs> I look for a couple laughs, a couple oh shit videos, yeah. and, you know, whatever, you know. Them and, Vine compilations. Yeah, them Vine <laughs> comps. That's 20 minutes worth of, worth of sit back right there. Them, yeah. them was hilarious, man. So Absolutely, we, man. Shout to his fam, man. We got y'all in the prayers, you know. Even though we don't know you, we still thinking about you, brother. Absolutely, man. That those type of dudes motivate me, man. A yeah. world star hip hop, a Q, the, and even even Donald Trump motivates me, and it mm-hmm. motivates me in a different way. You know, to like I said, you it's motivational to see a dude from Queens, New York, make an impact like that, man. Like if he can do it, I can do it. Exactly. And shit, you looking at Donald Trump, the president of the United States, if he can become president. Why ain't I? Why aren't you? Why isn't someone else making moves like the stuff that he Donald Trump is doing right now is motivational for a different reason because it's motivation. Hey man, I gotta get my shit together and yeah. make sure I'm good because we don't know what's gonna happen because he's capitalizing. He's making executive orders left and right. Man, he is tiptoeing this tightrope like no other right now. I mean, like even in, in, in my world, you know, being a federal employee. And, and, and I'm holding him to the, we going to take care of the vets, you know, mm-hmm. as a vet. I look forward to that, you know. But when you think about, like, he got an executive order out right now for a hiring freeze for mm-hmm. the federal government. So any military cat that's getting ready to retire that had that Fortune 500 company big shot, you know, gig on the line might want to take it now because yeah. because that offer you had from so-and-so's, you know, military base has a, has a you know, couch job and you taking these six figures on home now might is, is in jeopardy for you i mean you these, these 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 are vets that came out looking for you know a government job we got doctor we need doctors in the va system like no other you know so now any veteran now gotta be on hold you know they yeah they, talk about that though like so i mean when it's just from my perspective you know i don't think any person or any veteran that ever fought for this country, served in our military, should ever have to be worrying about a job after they're done with their service. Like, how does something like that even happen? Man, a lot of it, man, is military people, I think, well, I know, they are used to being told what to do until they reach a certain point of their career where they start telling people what to do. Mm -hmm. So I say that to say, when you get out of the military, like you have friends here that have, you know, gone before you and they working at, you know, example, Wright Patterson Air Force Base has a whatever, whatever contractor, you know, supply making 90, you know, after they was making 70 in the military. Mm-hmm. So they feeling good. They got the military retirement coming. They got this going. Life is good. So then when their friends come in, hey, I got a spot. I got, you know, that's right. that's how everything in this world is, right. what you, not what you know, who you know. So the military, man, like the people that when when, when these freezes happen, there is it's that loss, you know, because like you're used, for, you're used to having either that guidance or that structure, mm-hmm. one or the other. So you're used to like we have we have a new hire in, in, at my job. She's a retired master sergeant. That's a pretty high rank. Mm-hmm. And. She is, in my opinion, just struggling a little bit with transitioning from being in charge and being uh, the one sending the emails. She's just being a, a worker that's learning 
a new job. Like mm-hmm. she sends out emails about inclement weather coming, and it's like she's new, and we have people in the hospital that do that. That's their job. Like you know what I'm right. saying, like little things like that, where she's just not. She used to being the one that has to get that information out, mm-hmm. you know. And for her, she's like having a hard time transitioning into just being entry level position, right? right? And she wants to go here and go there. And with this hiring freeze, man, it really like worked her up because she got friends that's wanting that were in the process of hiring in. And right now, you kind of like, um, we're gonna, you know, fake this process, but really, we gonna you're gonna reach a point where we're gonna have to stop and see what happens. Right. So they still calling you and scheduling interviews, and and you feel like you about to get on, but once you all that stuff is done, it's like, well. Until this executive order is 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 defined on who is going to be exempt and who's not, and we're kind of at a standstill right now, so, so I'll hurry up and wait. Yeah, so I hope you didn't put in that two week notice. You Ooh. know, like, <laughs> you know, like so those things, man. That's just the government way of you know the government takes forever to do is hurry up and wait. Mm-hmm. You know, with with most things, you know, you need supplies. You know, you might have some for a moment, and then all of a sudden it's like, where the paper? I need some paper for the printer. Yeah, uh, budget low. We we, we couldn't. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that, but from what I was reading about it, it's supposed to be a 90 day hiring freeze until he defines the full freeze, basically. Mm-hmm. So a 90 day hiring freeze initially, which could lead to a longer hiring freeze right. in your particular department of the government where you work. You know, and hiring freezes aren't something new for our government. You no, know what I'm saying? No. This thing, type of thing happens all the time yeah. under other administrations so this isn't just a oh trump look he's doing what he already did right. like this happened this has happened years before it's gonna happen in years to come too this is one of those things that our government does to try to save money real quick especially in a a, a turnover in presidency right and, and and what's scary though for, for me about all this man is the amount of the executive orders he is signing on the vast array of topics shoot him out ain't he? yeah he, he, he almost like <laughs> If this would have been Obama, this would have been, you know, headline news, federal mm-hmm. government freeze. But think about there's like six other stories that are so much bigger than that. Yeah, man. The, everything that was happening in Boston and in JFK Airport uh, over on Friday and mm-hmm. Saturday, man, you know, um, people with green cards and visas and work visas and marriage visas and all this type of stuff. is It's just so much stuff that I hope that it makes the everyday citizen really take a stand and really try to understand what all this stuff means. Mm-hmm. Because if you try to just jump into it and watch the news, it gets overwhelming. It's like, well, I don't understand what that means. Well, I don't understand what this means. It's a, I find myself, I read a little bit. I will never say that I'm an expert on any of this type of stuff, but I do read a little bit about it and understand a little bit about it. But it makes me want to go learn more because I got to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I hopefully this encourages other people to do the same, to be able to understand what going, what's going on at your local government level and understand why or why Trump's doing these executive orders, blocking people from coming into the country. The biggest thing I had an issue with or find troubling, he kept saying to block the 9-11ers from coming in. That was like his big thing, you know, of Muslim countries. Mm-hmm. But... One of uh, the biggest Muslim countries that had attackers from 9-11 were from Saudi Arabia, if I'm correct. It's like, I want to say like nine of the 15. Mm-hmm. People coming from Saudi Arabia weren't on the block list. Because those are still countries that 
Trump does business with. That's that's what ain't that, <laughs> that the definition of conflict of interest? Hey, yes, <laughs> but when a motherfucker don't care <laughs> about your interests, like my interests, my paper, because yeah. uh, my presidency is up in four years. I'm trying to get my money right. That dude is off the hook, man. I mean, he's, I was even, he's a businessman for real. I was even seeing like there's a there's a Oscar winning director that is held up in all this, you know, Muslim ban, which mm-hmm. they're not trying to call a Muslim ban, yeah. but he's he's he might not even be able to attend the Oscars or I'm sorry, the Academy Awards uh. because he can't get out of where he at. You know, he's stuck in JFK or wherever he was at, man. So it's a lot to digest, man. It's one thing that I, that I we talking about what you said, man. Like people are still afraid to get involved to a certain extent, mm-hmm. but I know, like for me, it makes me want to like start at the level of like learning my local laws, yeah, knowing knowing the laws and knowing your rights to the point where like you can recite that if need be, yeah, you know, because you live in a place now where it's like you almost gotta be prepared for that. Because you might find yourself in a situation where you're getting almost bullied into a certain lane mm-hmm. of whatever you was got, or whatever they were feeling that you was doing, and you knowing your rights and and what you can and can't do to me as a citizen, you know, like it's sad. It's sad, but you got to start getting your mind ready for that. Knowing your local leaders, mm-hmm. knowing what you know, what is running around in your city and what changes are trying to be made, man. So hopefully, all this. Gets people starting there and working their way up into, you know, really coming together and making some change, man. Absolutely. And hold your local leaders accountable for what they say they're going to do. Absolutely. That's that's huge. So also something that shook my world. That new edition movie, man. Hey, listen here, man. Day one, I watched straight, you know, nine to 11 like everybody else. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Couldn't stand the commercials. <laughs> Day two, I took off. Okay. Went to sleep. I'm usually in bed by like 10, 11 at, at most. That first day, I was wired till 1 o'clock around yeah, the man. house singing my new edition songs. So took took day two off and then uh, enjoyed that good uh, 7.30 start binge on, on, on uh, part two. Uh-huh. And then watch part three with everybody else. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, man. Like, for me, the commercial thing, like, after like the first thirty minutes, I was like, "Procter and Gamble got this shit on lock because it's tied commercials left and right out this bitch." <laughs> right. And for a person that works in media, who basically, for lack of a better word, gets paid off of commercials, like that's right. what the radio station does—they sell commercials. That's how we pay our bills. Uh, it's hard for me to be bitching and moaning because I am part of that world, so right. I can't even front. The third one, <laughs> we watched John V unsung and then turned on the new edition. So we was like 45 minutes behind. So we we skipping these commercials and we finally caught up with like 20 minutes left in, in the new edition movie, man. Isn't it funny how you like making a point to stay off social media when you yes. do something like that? Because you don't want that. Ricky is doing, you know, you don't want that. There it goes. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know my guy Ricky Bell was yo, on the Booger Sugar. Yo, they kept that under some wraps, didn't Woo! they? Man. And then they, and then they, did you hear the the, the new uh, the new uh, tape they dropped? Yeah. Yeah, I heard about it. I ain't get it yet, though. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a support, man. Like, coming off of that, man, they capitalized. BBD was like, well, 
We got a movie coming out. We make a show. We got album. Yeah. I don't know about the rest of y'all <laughs> niggas, but uh, looky here. And they got a, they got they got a nice one, man. They got a they got a one with a uh, Boys to Men. It's a dope track. They got I heard one the one with, uh, with SWV. Uh huh. And then they got the Biggie beat. Um, I forget the beat by right now, but they got a couple on there. It's worth it's worthy of a checkout. Dope, 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 man. So, you know, three nights BT. I know BT made they bag, man. Because I mean, this is the best one they've done. Absolutely, man. Like. You know, coming from a kid, you know, the the pinnacle of a miniseries are, like, Roots yeah. and the Jackson story. Like, those are, like, the pinnacles. And then, you know, the Temptations one was okay. Right. And then this one. This motherfucker right here, bro. I mean, from the outfits, from the, uh, the little transition from them being kids to teenagers, that yeah. little scene right there. Old boy uh, Woody having the... The Bobby Brown gap. It was just like, oh shit, niggas rocking the shag. The yeah. S curl game was on point. And them cats really dedicating themselves to learning them dance steps. Mm. You know, you think you know the moves. I know a couple of the moves from uh if it isn't love, you know, you do right, this and yeah. do this and this. But to really be looking at it, <laughs> man, listen, that shit look like a lot of hard work. And, and you can hear Luke James singing. Mm-hmm. You can hear that, you know, you can hear uh the dude from Empire, I forget his name. Yeah, yeah. But you can hear their voices from your your mind and recall them in other places and know he really singing this yeah, song. Yeah, right man, now. it's not so, looped over. Yeah, it was dope, man. I I enjoyed every bit of it. We already talking about watching it again today. Yeah, you know, Pro Bowl or 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 Eddie. Watch that. N-E, yeah, I take I take Eddie all day. I might I might turn turn by the Pro Bowl once or twice. Yeah, man. On, I but. think my biggest takeaway from that whole movie, the whole movie, man. I've always been a big Bobby Brown fan. Who who is it? Right. But I always was a Ralph Trasvant dude. And the biggest takeaway, man, is he turned down the contract to be a solo artist as at the age of like what 12 14, right. 13 years old you know what I'm saying and be like yo no this isn't this is bigger than me this is about me and my friends and the opportunity to get our mothers out of the projects and then to them being young men and teenagers him still like no it's about the team it's about us it's about us man it's bigger than me and it's it's amazing to see that a kid that age really do that because so many grown men like oh you giving me a deal yeah. Without these niggas, right. two finger salute, baby. Right. I, they can come visit me in Aruba. Yeah. <laughs> I'll fly y'all right. out for a weekend. Yeah, that was definitely a powerful part for me, man, to see that. And 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 that 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 what also is is just boggling my mind, man. It's making me like have way more respect for these like nineties like artists. I mean, that dollar eighty seven. I mean, when you just think about that time, five ways, five ways. <laughs> When you think about that time and space, man, and like being a parent, man, and just like I couldn't imagine my kid having the talent to where you had to make a decision on her future at a young age mm-hmm. to where it's like, do I be selfish and now nah, you staying here in the hood with me or do I let you fly and become what you can become and trust someone else with guardianship over you? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that's basically what they was doing, man. And then the and then to come back from that to a dollar eighty seven Yo, that's, I mean, even like TLC here and they story yeah. and like, there's been a couple people in the 90s that's gotten fucked. Yeah, know? man. The music business, man. Like we were talking about last week, watching Unsung, watching these movies, man, it makes you reevaluate. Hey, man, do I want to get into this entertainment shit? Because either you going to end up broke or on drugs or addicted to alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, 
the the happy endings out there are few and far between, man. It's right. like, damn. And uh, I was just, they were on the Breakfast Club. Uh, BBD was on the Breakfast Club. I was listening to an interview. It was like, man, you know, these, even though we made this movie, like some of these wounds haven't healed. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Even after 30 years. And, you know, it's reasons why, you know what I'm saying, uh, certain people are, are on certain shows. Like we go to Essence Festival and this person isn't with us and that person it was. There's a reason why Ralph, Johnny, and Bobby tour as the head of state, and they tour as BBD, and then sometimes they come together on it, sometimes they don't. It's like an ongoing thing. Mm -hmm. And then in the same breath, they'd be like, oh, yeah, but if you call, <laughs> oh, I'm there for them. Right. It's just like, well, what, It's bro? really like these my, from the hood. Yeah, and that's and exactly what it yeah, is. And it's like, you know, you know so-and-so down the street is a hothead. You know you get him riled up, he gonna get on your nerves for the, but at the end of the day, that's still your homie. Yeah, you know? man, that's, that's wild, man. Yeah, that 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 was that was eye opener for me. Being a little younger than the you know '80s new edition wave mm -hmm. per se, but as a teenager, you know, I took some time to learn about that, and because I, I I was just a fan of, of, of Poison and BBD mm -hmm. and just that that time and space, man. So seeing some of those backstories and even like Charlemagne said, like I wish. We had them on the show the day after because there was so many other questions. Like, yeah. I didn't know Ricky was out there like Ooh, that. I, I, I don't think nobody knew that, yeah, man. I mean, to see see some of those things, man, it really they they kept that they kept that boat going with a lot of blood, sweat, and tears for real. Yeah, man, that's that's <laughs> a, that's some real spit real. right there. I mean, you know, they getting sued by their label because they ain't finished the tour, and then you know, obviously, just like anything else, man. A member of a group, some people are doing better than others. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Some some people's money is right. Some people's money ain't right. You know, Michael Bivens' money was right because he started doing the label thing yeah. with Poison Man, ABC, that whole thing. You know, Bobby is Bobby. Bobby getting checks on top of checks. Right. He got dual income, him and Whitney right. at the moment, at the time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Other people, you know what I'm saying? They roles were different, so probably their money was a little different, but they all want to be like, well, you know, I'm balling too. That Man, that that home again tour situation, man, that's just recipe for disaster. Man, man, and I, t I saw Bib talking too about the whole, uh, like each individual kind of like told their own story to a to a to an extent, and you know, like he was like, I want to ask Maurice, did it really go down like that? You know, like they got questions now uh. from seeing it, because knowing like. And I guess Bobby wasn't wasn't a part of this until like the eleventh hour. Yeah. You know, he had something he was working on. Yeah, personally, and felt like yeah. it was gonna be a conflict until this really took off like it did. And now, last minute, he trying to come in like so. Like they still was kind of going through all that. I heard him in the interview talking about that. But like, man, that that's really one of them. Like how the Jackson Five come on and mm -hmm. and you and you can just pick it up at any point and carry on. When you turn it past TNT and it's something, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. but that's going to be one of them, man, where it's like, you turn it past it, that thing will be on. Oh, you parking. Yeah. Especially like on a day like this in Ohio, a cold January day. Man, oh, I was man. so happy that BT did that that way, man. They they really, you know, spent some money, you know, oh, yeah. got some, they got, I mean, they had a tank in there. They had Ooh, a great, great, cast. great cast, man. And, and. And the people that were, you know, cast for these roles, man, I could really, you know, feel the the energy. You mm -hmm. know, they they took they took it serious. I know uh, the uh, 
play my vid. What's his name? The dude from Empire. Uh, damn. Yaz. Yaz. Uh, whatever his, his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll call him Yaz he, or Hakeem. Uh, <laughs> he frequents Smoke's Barbershop. Okay. So that's where he goes. So I know, like, seeing them talking about it, like, he out here doing this movie. We They got the inside scoop. Okay. You know, like, so just, just, just. He had seeing, to cut off his flat top. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and knowing he was putting in that work, you know, way before this, you know, this dropped. Yeah, man. So, and, uh, the, the dude that played Bobby Brown, Woody, I remember him from um, Instagram videos. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I see him on Instagram, or used to see him a ton on Instagram doing those crazy videos or whatever. And then come find out, like, he was uh, Chris Brown's backup dancer. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, that type of stuff. We were talking about motivation before. Like, yo, that's the motivation exactly. I'm talking about. A dude from the gram. Exactly. Background dancer for Chris Breezy just played Bobby Fucking brown and, and, did and a, a world breaking <laughs> record and did his thing. Did his thing, boy. There wasn't one person that you looked at and was like, they could have got somebody. Like after you gave them a second to prove themselves, uh, you was you you was cool. Two thumbs up. Yeah, and man, shouts out to my guy, one of my favorite actors, man, Woody Harris, man. Like Will Harris, looky here, man. He played Ace Boogie. Yeah, and, man. <laughs> and paid <him> for. <laughs> Was a uh, old boy in uh, Remember the Titans, man. I've yep. always been a Will Harris fan, man. Of course, he's from The Wire, man. So he did his thing, yeah. man, as uh, their manager and choreographer, Brooke Payne. So I got to shout out my guy, man, Tracy Dukes, man. He had a role in the movie. Oh, oh yeah. he was talking to Curtis Blow. Yeah, <laughs> man. He was a promoter. Curtis on, Blow was a hater. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I... Uh, I've met him. He's a uh, he's a uh, well connected with the with the Rock family. His uh his uh mother of his child uh-huh. uh is, is Tony's accountant. Okay. So know him pretty well, and uh he's he's been out there chasing. He's been in Beyonce videos and the whole nine. So dope. Shout out to him and that you know that's gonna be one of the things that you know forever you're gonna be attached to, man. Yeah, so, man. Dope. You picked the right one there, brother. <laughs> picked the right one there. Absolutely, man. Well, there it is. Another episode of You Can't Make This Up podcast. Got to shout out our people's always holding it down. Bars and beyond. What up? Yeah, man. Gym City Pod. Izzy, man. We always appreciate the love and support, man. Make sure y'all check out the Gym City Podcast, man. A very, very, very dope established pod around the city, man. Absolutely, man. Kev Nash. DJ Killer Kev. We'll be back next week. Peace. Episode 42. Jackie Robinson, that thing.